Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Manchester is Red podcast here by the Manchester Evening News. I am your host today, Ash Barami, and I am always pleased to be joined by Tyrone Marshall. Good afternoon. And Charlotte Dunker. Hello. How are we both doing? Uh, all right. Yeah, a little bit tired. Miserable day, but... It's a bit of a grim day, but... Miserable football. Six months of that to go, mate. The miserable day, that is. Well, possibly the football as well. And the football as well, yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> it's not committed to it just yet. Yeah. I'm going to another international break, so... Uh, we're really excited about that. International break, that's probably coming at the right time for United. You could say. I mean, Charlotte, he, after that game, De Gea came out and said, everything's going wrong for United at the moment. He's not wrong, is he? No, I thought it was bang on from him, and it's good to have a bit of honesty because... I don't know. Mourinho went too. Mourinho sometimes went too far, didn't he, in his criticism of the team and the players? But I also think it gets a bit boring when you hear a manager coming out and the team's not playing well. They're not creating chances. They're not scoring. They've lost against the side that are likely to get relegated. And he's happy with the performance. And you just think, what? And. For a player to come out and be honest, what's going wrong? Everything. And he's right. There's mistakes at the back. There's no creativity in midfield. They're not converting any of their chances. Everything is going wrong. So at least someone's coming out and being honest about the situation. Well, that was a good podcast, wasn't it? <laughs> I like that on the head. I think that's covered everything. <laughs> Let's go. Thank you. And goodbye. <laughs> yeah. Ty, where, where do United go for me? I mean, they do have oh, obviously plays, plays to come back, but it just, it just... <laughs> It just seems, everything's just flat and everything just seems wrong, but and you, you just don't know where they go. Yeah, you don't know. I mean, it's hard to see a way out of it, really, at the moment. I think that having people like Martial and Pogba back will, will certainly help. Defensively, I don't think they're a million miles away, to be fair. I think you bring Wang Bissaka in there and Lindelof back in, and you're probably looking stronger and sure at left back. And, you know, defensively, they've not been disastrous, so I thought it was a bizarre move, the Rocco substitution and moving three defenders around to, to accommodate him yesterday was a bizarre substitution, a bizarre move rather. Um, but defensively, I don't think it's disastrous at the moment. No, because offensively, if, if they'd been scoring any of their chances, this is what, then they yeah. wouldn't have lost the games that no. they've lost or dropped the points that they've dropped because the defence aren't the biggest part of the problem. No, exactly. Midfield and attack is a, the biggest part of the problem. And I mean, they're not even creating chances now. They're just, they're, there's just no chances really, apart from Maguire's header yesterday. Young almost got in the second half and it slid a ball across. There was James's cross to Rashford, but you know, I mean, they're not even chances really. Two of them were crosses that were cut out. They're just so, such isolated events. And it was the same in Holland. They just did not look, they didn't look like creating a chance, never mind scoring. They're just, they are a million miles off it going forward. They're a long, long way off it. There is no creativity. There's no spark in that team. It's, if anything, it's too structured. There's absolutely no spontaneity in attack. It's easy to play against. It's a slow build-up. There's nothing unpredictable about it. It's just, defensively, it's just a complete disaster, to be honest. And I can't... I mean, having Martial back will help because he... I mean, he brings a little bit of unpredictability. He brings a lot of pace, but that's not an issue. And but it also means that Rashford isn't playing in a position that really he shouldn't be playing in. 
Um, Rashford shouldn't be playing full stop at the moment. The guy's head's gone. He clearly, clearly needs a break. And I it feel look, sorry. It looks like a fitness issue as well, doesn't it? I think there's a little bit of a fitness thing, but his confidence is just shot to pieces, completely shot. And he shouldn't be in a position where he's having to play every week and, and lead the line at the moment. He's a young player who's already played 180-odd games for United in what's been a difficult, mostly a difficult era for the club. He had Solskjaer saying he was a striker last year. Now he's got Solskjaer saying he's not sure if he's a striker. Yeah, he's playing him as a striker. Every night, he's not sure he's a striker. And he's, say, and he's saying he's he the only option, basically. Yeah, and he is the only option at the moment, but he doesn't know where he is. He just looks like a player who needs to be taken out of the firing line and given a rest, but he, he can't be really. And that's it's almost negligent at United that he's in that position because at the moment, they are completely ruining him. Were you surprised not to see uh, Greenwood start? Or is, is he still just too I, young? To I think considered? that's too much pressure as well yeah. on him. I think it's all well and good. I can understand why the fans want him in the starting eleven, And yeah, he's the one that's scored the goals, but that was against Rochdale and the champions of Kazakhstan. Like he's not popping up and scoring three against Chelsea, is he? He's a young lad. It's really exciting for him that he's in around the first team. He's got plenty of potential. He gets the fans excited, but put him in and say, oh, we're, we're losing 1-0 against Newcastle, pop up yeah. and find an equaliser. It's too much pressure. They should have enough quality in that team to create chances and score goals without having to rely on an 18-year-old. You've got to play the long game with these talents coming through. It's the same with Garner. And I know there's a clamour for him to start and you can understand why, because he can't, you wouldn't have thought he could do much worse than Matic and Fred really, but he's 18 with barely any experience of senior football. Greenwood's 18 with very little experience of senior football. You put him in this team that's struggling at the moment, where there's, you know, it, it, this club at the moment is engulfed by crisis and it's, you know, it's the same. Every, every week brings a new inquest. And in a way, I feel a bit sorry for United because no club of this size has had this sort of fall from grace in the sort of social media 24-hour news cycle. Yeah, because when age. Liverpool yeah. did it, yeah. Twitter wasn't around. Liverpool in the 90s, Twitter wasn't around. They could just get on with it. It'd be on the, you know, be on the, back page of the papers in the morning but forgotten by the afternoon with with United at the moment it's just it, it is like the, the whole club is caught in a storm and it just can't it can't find a way out of the storm and every week brings an inquest you, there's an instant judgment after every game and at the moment the instant judgment is terrible you look at Chelsea on the first weekend of the season the instant judgment was this is going to be brilliant and that's just the age we live in but I think it makes it difficult for a club like United to find a way out of that and by I think if you throw youngsters into that and start youngsters and say, find a way out of this for us, you know, you might, you might see, you might see a, a slight upturn, but I don't think long-term it's going to do Greenwood and Garner any good to be playing week in, week out in this team. At the well, moment. it's like Chong, isn't it? He was brought, he played in those two games. He was pretty dreadful all over Twitter. If you read anything on social media about him, get him out. He's not good enough. And You'd like to think that they don't go home and they don't read what people are saying about them. But if you're trend, if you're 18 years yeah, old and you're trending on Twitter for all the bad reasons, it's not going to boost their confidence, is it? Yeah, they're into the first team, but and it's stuff like that. How are they going to get them pick themselves up for the next game? And they shouldn't be reliant. They shouldn't be in a position where they've got to rely on these kids. No, Solskjaer's making mistakes at the moment, but I think his handling of the kids has actually been pretty good so far and I think he's right not to to throw them into the deep end and see if they can swim really they need to be handled with care and more care than, yeah. than it's, that it's interesting as well you do mention about the young kids because I mean Rashford himself he's only he's only 21, 21 years old yeah. himself he's only three, that's only three years older than Greenwood is for example but it just goes to show the pressure that's on on these on the players shoulders especially the young ones is 
is there a short term fix to this tie? I mean, does United just have to simply stick with Solskjaer and hope the results turn or wait till January maybe? Is there yeah, a solution short term? I mean, short term, it's get players back and, and hope they improve for that. But I think there's still going to be issues there. I think, I mean, cre- creativity is the biggest problem in this squad and that was obvious in the summer and I don't think Pogba will necessarily solve that because I don't think he's a hugely creative player. He, you know, he, he can sort of drive forward, he can find the odd world-class pass, but being a sort of a creative number eight or number 10, it's not particularly his game and that's what they're missing, creativity from midfield. Beyond that, I don't think there is a short-term solution. You look at that bench at the weekend and I don't think you're looking... You know, when you're looking at 17 year olds to come on and change the game, it shows you're in trouble. As good as that 17, well, he's 18 now, isn't he? As good as that 18 year old in Greenwood might be. And I don't, it's hard to see at the moment what the quick fix is. But at the same time, I don't think sacking Solskjaer is going to help. And I don't think United are anywhere I just don't think that, they're going to do it because no, what, would it, what, would it, what would it take for that to happen? Do you think it, it, I just even th- in question? I just think they made the decision, <laughs> rightly or wrongly, personally, I think wrongly to give him the job when they gave it him. And as soon as they made that decision and as soon as they gave him the license to come up with this new blueprint, to put his own plans into place, you, he, they've got to stick with him now and they've yeah. got to let him see out these plans. You can't tell somebody, right, here you go, it's a blank canvas, start from the beginning. We know it's going to be a rebuild. We know it's going to take time. And then because you don't like the way it's going after two months, say, well, this isn't going the way we thought it was, you're out. Because where do they go from there? They're back to square one again. And with who? They wanted someone who's got the United philosophy, the right way of thinking. He's got that he's not got the right players they're not playing in the right way the only way we're going to see if whose problem that is is over time and everyone knows the problems don't just lie with the manager the problems go deep deep throughout the club they need to structurally change so much in there and look at the owners as well they've invested too much faith in Solskjaer to sack him now it would just it would make absolutely no sense. It would make no sense. And from a club point of view, from an Ed Woodward point of view, it would make them look completely ridiculous to sack him now. They've, you know, they've almost gambled their reputations on this appointment working. So there's no way they're going to sack him at the first sign of a bad run. If this is still going on in January, then maybe you start to panic and, and think about a change. But at the moment, I think we're a long, long way away from United thinking of a change of manager. A long way away. But I think you look on Twitter because that's where people look, Ollie out was trending. I do not believe that that is the view of the regular match-going supporter right. yeah, at all. Like I just think there. it's very easy for anyone to sit there behind a keyboard and type something. You don't even know where the majority of those tweets were coming from, as in what which supporters, mm. although I'm mm. sure Liverpool and City supporters are quite fond of Ollie being in, so <laughs> I'm not sure that he's going to be tweeting Ollie out, but... They was it with the United fans in the away, and they were singing about Glazers out. They weren't singing about Solskjaer. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I mean, you look at this the central central striker position. I mean, they got Greenwood, they got Ashford, twenty one and eighteen years old. I mean, mm. Ty, do you think there's a bit of a surprise there that they may be allowed to allowed to let Alexis and Lukaku go at the same time without a replacement? Yes, I mean, I what uh, it's it, it does look bad now when it perhaps wasn't the wisest move at the time I actually didn't think it was such a terrible decision in the summer I think Solskjaer's been a little bit unlucky around injuries although there's perhaps an argument there that I think he you know he is perhaps causing some of these injuries by the way he's, he's working and we spoke to him afterwards on Thursday night and he said again the players fitness levels still aren't good enough and 
almost hinted that at the moment injuries are going to be a necessary evil to improve fitness, but we haven't got the strength in depth to, to cope with that at the moment. But I don't, you can see when, when he made that decision not to replace those two, he could see he was thinking a long-term plan here and that those two do not fit, especially Lukaku. He does not fit Sarskar's way of playing. So it was a bold decision. He probably made it thinking he would get a replacement in, to be fair. But I, I didn't think it was such a disaster at the time. Obviously, now it doesn't look great when United are struggling to score goals. Um, in, in games like Sunday, Solsk- uh, Lukaku would probably help. But in the bigger games against Arsenal, he, he wouldn't have done. He does, that's, those aren't his games. And he doesn't suit how um, Solskjaer wants to play. And I watched, I watched Inter Milan Juventus last night and Lukaku was absolutely dreadful. And it's the same old problems. His first touch is atrocious. He doesn't bring others into play. And he just, at the speed at which Solskjaer wants to play, although we're not seeing much of it at the moment, Lukaku does not fit that. Mm-hmm. Charlotte, were you surprised? That he let them go? Without no. without a replacement in mind already to come in and fill that void of... Because at the end of the day, I mean, we say Lukaku probably wasn't good enough, but it's the numbers at the end of the day that he delivered. And I mean, yeah, and he was United's top goal scorer. Yeah. So I'm not... I don't think it was the wrong decision to let either of them go because... They didn't, well, Sanchez, for one, didn't bring anything to the team. So there was no point in keeping him on the like, at the club. And Lukaku, I, I can understand, like Tyrone says, why he let him go. He just doesn't fit the system that Solskjaer wants to play. The bigger surprise is the fact that they should have signed a replacement. So no, I'm not surprised. And do I think it was the wrong decision to let them go? No. Was it the wrong decision not to bring someone else in? Of course it was, because look what's happening to them now. They're relying on Rashford and he's out of form. Martial's injured. You've got an 18-year-old is your only other backup option. So yeah, the squad is better. And they're just, this is what happens when you don't buy properly in the transfer window. And it's... Did not come as shouldn't have come as a surprise to them that Lukaku was going to leave. It's not just cropped up on right near the end of the yeah. transfer window. All surprise, he wants to go. They knew that they had time to plan, and they should have been ready to buy a replacement. Yeah, I mean, so many of these problems come back to the transfer window, and you know, United have pat themselves on the back for having a good transfer window. It's just completely, it's ridiculous. They've signed three good players, and all three are doing well. And all three are good signings, quite clearly. But to think that three signings was enough to fill the holes in that squad is just absolutely incredible that they thought that was ever going to be enough. What, what still, are the other holes besides, obviously, striker? Striker, central midfield, midfield, right wing. I mean, you need at least two central midfielders. Since January, they've lost Fellaini and Herrera and not replaced either. And you look at... I, I mean, I put this on my piece from, from Thursday night, but going to Newcastle... You had a choice between having to play one of Matic or Fred in midfield. If you'd still got Fellaini in there, out of those three, Fellaini, for me, would start ahead of those two by a long, long way in a midfield away at Newcastle. A long way. And they've not replaced him still. And he left in January. And they lost Herrera. And they've still not replaced him. That's through their own fault. Through their own fault. But they knew he was going at the end of last season. So that's a midfielder you lost in January and sold, agreed to sell. A midfielder you lost on a free transfer that you knew was going in May and you've not signed a replacement for either I mean it's just incredible that you thought that was ever going to be enough to, to get through this season Yeah, Charlotte do you think the solution is putting more money into buying high profile quality players or it does it have to be almost like a balance between keeping the fifth in the youth and the young players and 
adopting that strategy again of going out and spending big sums of money. Yeah, I think there's a definite balance to be had and Solskjaer appears to be the right manager to do that because he wants to bring through the youth and give them an, uh, an opportunity. But you can't lose experienced players and not replace them because if you look at that uh, first choice starting 11, how many world-class players have you got in that team? Arguably, what, one? Pogba and he's yeah. not been great this season at all so if your world-class player has been off you've just got a very mediocre team and how are they ever going to compete start to challenge again even for the top four let alone the title with such a mediocre squad it needs to be a balance of squad players youth youth team players and a handful of world-class players if you look back at the squads that Ferguson won the league with they were, there wasn't 20 world-class names in there. There was a lot of squad players in there. And when you when the team sheets got read out, for years, Darren Fletcher, when he was starting, people would roll their eyes, huff and puff. He missed the Champions League final. And everyone was like, what a miss. He's missing the Champions League final. And it's players like that that put a shift in. Squad players, they get the club. They work hard. A bit like what Scott McTominay is doing at the minute. He's not a world-class player, but he has been one of United's best players this season. They need a balance of them all. And at the minute, they just don't have a balance of anything. Also, if you put these squad players into a midfield and a team that is fully functioning, that knows their roles, that has other world-class players in there, then it elevates their performance. If you put... I mean, I think these two are both on Borotami United. It's probably a bad example. But say you had Fred and Matic as backup midfielders but you had a first-choice world-class midfield, three, maybe two world-class midfielders and an elite-level midfielder, a proper functioning unit, and you took one out and had to bring Fred in, he would probably look a lot better in a midfield that knew its role and was one of the best midfields in the league. But at the moment, you don't. You're asking them to do jobs that, you know, they are not at that level to, to, you know, to, to move United forward. If, if they came into a team that was, and it was only one or two changes, then they would look a lot better. But at the moment, they're being asked to lead the revolution and someone like Fred as well which we've spoken about time and time again every single time he is given a chance he must feel the need to impress to prove himself and then sometimes you can just try too hard and Mm -hmm. yet still we haven't seen what he can do is he any good who knows because he doesn't get a chance when he does get a chance he isn't very good so why should he get put back in the team well we spoke on the last podcast didn't we with Dom and we said we need to run of game so I mean you'd have to stick with Fred for the next three, four games and that's to see the best of, to see at least uh, see Fred in four or five games and you can probably get a better judgement of what he what he's like if you know he's going to play week in, week out. That's that, probably what they don't have to do. True, it? but then that's put, the manager is going to have to put a lot of faith in someone that if they're not performing on the training pitch which is presumably why he's not been getting in the first 11 in the first place to then if he has a mediocre game keep starting and keep starting at what point do you then think well, I have to give up on this experiment and pull him out but it's chicken and egg isn't it do you give him a go regardless of how bad he is to see if he needs a run of games to finally click or do you hook him after half an hour because he's rubbish mm. interesting um, I mean we've spoke for 20 minutes about everything negative about United we've probably exhausted the entire are there list. positives right now Ash <laughs> well they're on the bottom three I actually asked that in the office just earlier, and one of the suggestions I got was Axel Tuanzebi, and he has he, he's yeah. been he's been a he's been a positive, hasn't he, for Definitely. United this season? Mm-hmm. And Solskjaer Definitely. praised him 
after after the game. Ty, um, what what do you make of Twan Zerbi's rise now at United? Yeah, I think he's been he has been a positive this season. He's been one of the better players. Um, you know, we talk about throwing these youngsters in, and he's a bit older at twenty one than than sort of you know Greenwood and Garner at eighteen that we're talking about. But he's he's got a lot of character about him as well, clearly. And I think at the start of you know, in the summer, he was probably United's sixth or seventh choice centre-half, really. He was probably more likely to go on loan. And although there was hope that he might show his potential and get ahead of the likes of Jones and Smalling, I don't think anyone necessarily thought it was a certainty to happen. But he has worked his way up and is now first reserve at centre-half, really. And he has been an undoubted positive. Um, like I say, I thought it was bizarre that he was moved yesterday to accommodate Rocco coming on and playing Rocco at left centre-back and moving Maguire to right centre-back and then moving Twanzebe out to right-back and Young to left-back. I just thought that was really strange management. But I think Twanzebe has been an undoubted positive and that's the one area at the moment that you have got. If one of Lindelof and Maguire gets an injury in a ring, Twanzebe, and you'd feel pretty confident at the, the strength and depth there. So, yeah, I think he's been a, a huge positive. That's Ash snapping his pen. Got, yeah. got very angry there. <laughs> Very emotive. Yeah. <laughs> I think he's one of the examples as well as why these young players really benefit from going out on loan um, to a championship side. If you compare his performances now to before he went and had his stint at Villa, he looks so much more composed on the ball now. His physicality's improved. Everything about him is a much more rounded footballer and he's putting in better performances. But... It's interesting because I was ha- having a conversation with Neil Wood, the under-23s um, manager, and also um, Kovar, and they talk about they're in the Leaston.com trophy this year, the need to play men's football, and they're coming up against these men's teams as opposed to the under-23s teams, and it's a more physical test, and sending them out on loan, they're going to get that week in, week out, and that's the only way they're going to improve, but United's current squad situation as it is at the minute, these young players who really should be maybe going out on loan for six months to the Championship to improve can't, because Solskjaer needs them in his team, so in some ways, the younger players are suffering, because again, the transfer strategy wasn't right. Yeah, on on Twanzebe, I mean, United are fully fit back four. Do you think there's any shout for him maybe getting in maybe ahead of Lindelof in that back four? Uh, he is one of the only ma- major positive like signs for United. So he is, it's yeah. It's odd for him not to get into the team. Yeah, but it, at the same time, it's the one area of strength for United at the moment. And although Lindelof's been been shaky, I think he's been better of late. I thought he was good in Holland on, on Thursday night and obviously picked up that unfortunate injury, but he was good in that game. I think I think Lindelof and Maguire is probably your first choice partnership at the moment um, but I think you know Twanzebe is certainly a capable deputy and more than capable of filling in and, you know he should be for me he should be starting every European game I don't know why he didn't start on, on Thursday night that's ideal experience and that's, that's why it's lucky for him that they're in like, the Europa League yeah. and they're still in the League Cup because Yeri might not be in the first choice centre back pairing but Solskjaer needs to rotate his team playing Thursday, Sunday. So that means he should get a decent amount of games this season. Yeah. We'll hear a lot as well about international breaks coming at the wrong time. Do you think this one's coming at a, a right time for United? Gives them some time to maybe get some players I don't back know. I fitness. feel like we said this in the in the last international break, that the break was coming at the right time to really help them hone all their ideas. What would that, would that have think, been? 
I think March last last season. Then last didn't last. No, there was no, one, oh, it's been September. one this season. Has there? Yeah. Oh yeah, of course. We're in October now. We are. We on holiday or something? Yeah. Nash? I think I was. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> Passed you by. Yes, we've I already was, had yeah. one international break yeah. this season. I completely forgot. About that. I think the <laughs> apologies. Problem, the problem for United with this international break is that it's only two weeks long, as they all are. For it to have come at a good time, I think it probably needs to be about two months long. Yeah. Uh, so. I don't think end the season now and pick up again after yeah, two yeah. transfer windows if they could open it in at the end of January maybe then uh, it might have come at a good time for United but I'm not sure this one will make a huge amount of difference I mean it might it might help if they can get Pogba and Martial back to face Liverpool that would that would make a difference to be fair yeah. um, but you know it's only one weekend but even those two on their own they're not going to be the answer no. to completely changing this team that hasn't managed to score more than one goal in a game since they beat Chelsea on the opening day of the season and that's in any competition bringing them back yeah two good players that they're missing that is not going to change they're not they're not going to turn up against Liverpool and smash five past them if if Pogba and Martial are fit and sometimes you watch these United performances and you genuinely think what on earth have you been working on in training? Yeah. They're just so devoid of ideas going forward. They're, they're like no Man United team I've seen in a long time going forward. This is a very negative podcast. It is. Yeah, that was meant to be a positive, wasn't it? And we turned it back to a negative. Completely United for that. They made me snap off him. <laughs> but I mean, this, this international break gives time for United to maybe get some players back. And it's only the small matter of Liverpool just after they come back. And... Solskjaer in his press comments after the game hinted at maybe a tactical change. Do you think that's something they might have to consider going into Liverpool? Change of formation? They need something, don't they? So I know, but looking at the way things are going at the minute, what that something is, goodness only knows. Put, if they, you could put 11 men behind the ball against Liverpool and they could still go out there and win. So it's just anything could happen. I mean, the most obvious tactical change would be to play three at the back. Probably maybe match up. I know, but front three. Uh, yeah, but that, that never works out well either. No, does it, it doesn't work out well, and it's a sign of, you know, it's it's a sign of negativity, really, isn't it? Going to a back three, and I don't think, I think it's very, it's football manager type levels of management, isn't it? To think they've got three great forwards, let's play three centre halves. You know, Liverpool's three forwards don't just sit there and occupy that space. So I don't think playing three centre halves is necessarily the way to combat it. It's all a little bit too obvious, really. Um, whether they will or not, I don't know. But you'd think that's the most obvious plan. And at least playing three centre-halves would allow you to get Twanzebe, Lindelof and Maguire in the same team and perhaps ease the issues at central midfield. But then you're struggling to get James in the team, perhaps. And also, I don't, I'm not really sure they've got wing-back options. Yeah, I mean, we saw United have injury, injury problems going into Liverpool last season. They managed to get a draw. Is there any, any sort of optimism on your behalf, Charlotte, going into that game? As things stand right now? Right now, probably not, no. Just being realistic, and I get called negative Nancy, but being realistic, you've got to see United aren't scoring more than one goal. Are they likely to concede more than one goal against Liverpool? I'm going to say yes. So are they going to outscore their opponent? No. I think the, the biggest thing United have got going for them is that teams are still worried about coming to Old Trafford. We saw it with Arsenal, and they were quite defensive First half there is and, absolutely no way that Jurgen Klopp's <laughs> Liverpool side. But they were, were they were last year though. They had their chance. There is absolutely no way they're going to come to Old Trafford and be worried that they're not going to get a result. Uh, really? Yeah, I think so. They were last year when they came to Old Trafford and drew nil nil, and you saw all those injuries United got, and at no point did Liverpool grip that game. At no point did Liverpool think 
this is our game. We can take this game. They were, you know, if anything, even despite those injuries, United look the more likely winners. And so I think there's always, at the moment, there is still a hang up for teams, especially big teams coming to Old Trafford. And I think Liverpool will go to Old Trafford and maybe not fear it, but I think they'll be wary of it. Definitely. Just like I think Arsenal were wary of going to Old Trafford um, a week ago. I would say though, probably the only difference was United were probably in a better run of form going into that game. They were, they were, but they had a lot of injuries and then they had to make three subs in the first half. So I think there was a general feeling that they were probably there for the taking that day with all the injuries they'd got. But, you know, Liverpool didn't really attack that game and United looked, looked the more likely winners. And I think we've just seen it. You know, I I thought we saw it with Arsenal. I mean, they were really negative first half for against United and it was a United side that were playing dreadfully in that first 45 minutes last week but at no point did Arsenal kind of sense that the game was there for the taking for them and I think there is still there's still an aura around Old Trafford and United at Old Trafford whether it's deserved or not and at the moment it's clearly not but there is still an aura there and I would imagine there's, there'd certainly be a, a wariness about Liverpool approaching that game and a fear that, that there's always a chance you end up with egg on your face at Old Trafford Yeah we shall see this is probably going to be up there with the most pessimistic podcast have ever recorded but yeah, good luck finding a title for this <laughs> yeah at least there's been no, nothing explicit to have to censor out so that's still that's, time that's one good thing thanks Charlotte thanks thanks, thanks Ty no um, if you haven't already subscribed to the Manchester's Red podcast by whichever platform you listen to us on we will be back probably just before the international break finishes and where we'll preview the Liverpool game probably a bit more in depth so until then thank you for listening and we shall see you next time